Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. It's the holiday season, and this year we're watching the movie that gave the holidays their name, The Holiday, the 2006 romantic comedy written and directed by Nancy Myers. This movie has been in the rotation in both of our houses to varying degrees in the last decade, so we wanted to discuss if this star-studded romance has a place in the annual holiday movie lineup. Perhaps it was all that star power that made The Holiday a worldwide hit, earning over $200 million. One thing's for sure, it wasn't the critical acclaim that made audiences connect with it. Some critics weren't charmed by the mountain of meat cutes and didn't connect with the general cheesiness of it. Most found time to pick on Cameron Diaz specifically. But as with most holiday movies, what the critics have to say doesn't really affect whether or not people find comfort in the familiarity of a cheesy holiday rom-com. But does comfortable familiarity mean the holiday is one to watch every year? Or is this one holiday movie we shouldn't invite to sleep over after drunkenly knocks on our vacation rental door and kisses us? Keep listening. very interested, but the cottage is really only available for home exchange. Home exchange, what is that? We switch houses, cars, everything. I haven't done it before, but friends of mine have. Where are you? <sighs> Please say somewhere far away. L.A.? <gasps> Never been there. Always wanted to go. I'm Iris, by the way. Very normal. Neat freak, healthy, non-smoker, single. Hate my horrible life. I'm Amanda. Loner, loser, and complicated wreck. Hi. That was our two top-billed actors in this movie, Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet, uh, explaining the plot of the movie very, uh, very conveniently. Very out loud, actually. Yeah, for, they're typing for, for this. They're messaging. I am messaging. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question, though, because mm-hmm. this, this, this is in some ways a kind of dated movie. Yeah. I was curious watching this. I've been asking a lot of people this. Do you remember what your I am screen name was when you did uh, Instant oh. Messenger? I think it was... Hmm. It was my name and a number. Just Ryan and then like That's it? Yeah, no, it wasn't anything. No. Well, that's disappointing. I know. It wasn't it wasn't a good one. I know people had had great ones. Had great ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what the number was though. It wasn't associated with it was probably like basketball numbers. I don't know. Like that the, went from like when you that play I basketball? Had. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Not even like a favorite basketball player that you could talk no. about. Or, but no conversation starter with the name there, it seems. Yeah, like. that was your fault, though. You asked the question. <laughs> no, I mean, when you were chatting oh. with someone, there would be no like small talk about how'd you get your name, you know? Well, they would learn that I played basketball. That's true. That's true. We, we just had that little bit of small talk, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That was good stuff. What was yours? See, I was asking, I was waiting for you. You wanted me to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Mine was embrace yourself for this. I'm going to take a drink. Don't. A drink of, by the way. Oh, eggnog. Eggnog. Because it's the the holidays. Holiday episode. Yeah. Yeah, We didn't. Yeah. Our December holiday episode. The third holiday holiday episode. Yes. Our holiday season. The the last of the trilogy. But my, uh, my name was all one word Master of Awesome. (laughs) 
and what what uh, what conversation did that? Prompt? Oh, what do you think? I mean, they just had to yeah. think this was the coolest guy. Yeah, like you're that the you guy. Possibly, you're, I'm, I'm the master. I, we've all heard about awesome. Uh, yes, <laughs> there's awesomeness out there. Yeah. somebody must have top top you know, job. You can figure this whole awesome thing out. Yeah. Someone's been the master of awesome. Yeah, I met and the guy. You. I that's met you. the guy. I'm, I'm I, chatting I with chatted the guy. with him. He's online right now. <laughs> well, master of awesome. But you were. I'm that's sorry, great. I interrupted you with that that's tangent. Great. But uh, you were talking about what that scene was that we were. Oh right, uh, yeah. Were, well, from the from the movie we're doing today, the holiday, yep. which you should know because we mentioned it in the intro, and it was it's the title of this podcast mm-hmm. episode. Um, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, they're explaining the plot of the movie. They both are looking to escape their lives, mainly their troubling love lives, mm-hmm. their their romantic lives. Yeah, yeah. and uh, on a whim. Cameron Diaz decides to check the internet for where can I go and finds this home exchange thing. She searches vacation spots in quotation marks on Google. Right. Was it Google? Yeah, it was. But okay. it, was like the, it was like the original Google that wasn't just the clean Google search box. Okay. It still had the I'm feeling lucky button, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, she finds Kate Winslet, who uh, is, has put her house on this, and they decide to, like they said, switch houses, switch cars for two weeks. They essentially invent Airbnb before there's Airbnb. Well, the IMDb trivia told me that that was an actual website. HomeExchange.com was a real website. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so uh, from there, they arrive at each other's homes, swearing off romance, and, and, and what do you know? And then finding it. Finding romance, yeah. In the most unexpected, unexpected but very expected places. Ways. Yeah, right. Uh, we got a lot of episode to get into here. Yeah. So um, before we do that, though, for those of you who happen to check out our last episode, T. Hanksgiving mm-hmm. on uh, A League of Their Own, just stick around after the after the show. We're going to play a little bit of listener feedback and talk a little bit about that. So after the episode concludes, just stick around. Yeah. And in addition to the uh, to the listener feedback at the end of this episode, the other thing we want to talk about before we jump right into our holiday discussion is. Um, a different holiday discussion, actually. Yeah, we, we, we did another holiday discussion. Uh, we guested on a podcast called Two Beards, Please. Yeah. Two, a, two Beards, Please. A good friend of mine, Drew, on that podcast. He's known as Andrew, but to but me, you he's know known him as Drew. Drew. Yeah. yeah. We, we get into this in the episode. We do, it's, yeah. It's, oh. Where it's clear. It's great yeah, just, stuff. Just and, wait. Yeah. We won't spoil it here. <laughs> um, but yeah, they invited us on to talk about their favorite holiday mm-hmm. movies. And uh, they they put that out, so uh, it was a really fun conversation. It was great. We had so much fun, and and we got in a little bit to. I think we interjected some of our favorites as well. So. Yeah, and we talked about past episodes. Yeah, uh, because a few of the things on their list were movies we'd already done, and yeah. you can check out those archives get, too. Get, but dig into those archives. Um, yeah, they posted that episode uh, early December, so go check out Two Beards, please, and you can hear us in a different context. Yeah. With, talking with about two movies. other dudes, yeah. yeah, talking about holiday movies. It was a lot of fun. It was so, fun. Yeah, get it wherever you get your pods. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yeah, let's uh, let's let's dig into this this holiday uh, holiday episode here. Why don't we? I don't know. Yeah. Did you have you seen this before? We didn't even talk. So, have you seen this movie before? So, a couple things here. I think I said at the end of last episode that this is one of my wife's favorite Christmas movies, mm-hmm. holiday movies, and. I was wrong. My wife was like, why do you keep saying? Because I think I said Love Actually was one of her favorites, and I was wrong about that. Well, you, you were right about her having a favorite holiday movie, right? Or no? Yep, yep. You it's, just haven't uh, gotten the title right yet. I haven't. 
which I should, because every time I say, isn't that your favorite holiday movie? She says, no, you know, it's <laughs> you Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, oh like, wow. Okay. Oh, right. Which I one, though? The remake. She the remake. Is, yeah. Okay. Which and, came out, what year was that? Oh, man. It was the 90s. It was definitely the it 90s. Was the, I mean, it, was it, the, was, it was Matilda. Who, I forget the actress's name. Oh, uh, Mara Wilson played the little girl. And uh, Richard Attenborough. That's right. Uh, from Jurassic Park. Yes, the founder of Jurassic Park. Yeah, also St. Nick. The man himself, yeah, was was St. Nick. So that is that is my wife's favorite Christmas movie, Miracle on 34th Street. But I was so certain that this was one of her favorites because I know that she has watched it multiple times. She said she's seen it, she thinks, twice. <laughs> so one of us is wrong, and it's probably me. <laughs> but I do know that those two times were when we were married, at least. Okay. <laughs> you have witnessed it. Yeah. And, well, I, and I think if I had seen my wife watch any movie twice, that would be my assumption as well. You, you must really like this movie, because my wife just doesn't, doesn't do that. Do that right? Right. Yeah. Um, and so I was also fairly certain that I had seen it. Turns out I'd seen parts of it. Okay. And so, no, I have not seen this movie uh, beginning to end before. So I don't, this is my first viewing, really. Do you have any other comments you'd like to make about your feelings on the movie before watching it, apparently for the first time? I, I didn't have any bad feelings. Like, I think maybe the reason I hadn't watched it with Kelsey is that she watched it when maybe I was like recording or, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, and I'm hesitant to say at all what I, what she thinks. I think that she thought that I would not like it or that I had yeah. some like negative feelings for it. Um, and I really didn't. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, oh, good, watch that on your own. Um, <laughs> but isn't that sort of like a an assumption about how men will feel about all Nancy Myers movies? I think so, yeah. You know, I think I think that's actually a thing. Like, it's an assumption that th- these are movies you're going to have to drag your man to, Yeah, you know? But I mean, I really like Kate Winslet. I, I really like Jude Law and Jack Black. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cameron Diaz, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, not quite the draw. But I, I always figured if those three people are in this movie, there's at least going to be something worthwhile about it. So you don't have a rating? No. A letterboxed rating not at all? Not a previous, no. No. Um, all right. Well, I guess I'll get into... Because uh, you've seen I, it. I, I do have you've a first viewing that I know. I know okay. I saw this movie. I have a definite memory of watching the entirety Clearly of this movie. Clearly, my memories of this movie <laughs> are not credible. Uh, I'd like to think mine are. And um, my, my memories of this movie are, are pretty fond. It was, you know, during kind of a... Right at the peak of dating my, my now wife, uh, Andrea. And what do you mean by peak? Peak is in like, you know... The relationship was going great. You knew it was headed towards eternity. Eternity. In yes. a good way. In a good way. <laughs> not, not like <laughs> that's shuffling <laughs> off the mortal coil. But like That sounds it was, like I was meditating was on death stay. quite a bit. It was no. here to stay. Yeah, I mean, like we were just very in love with each other. I'll you put it knew that, that, that you weren't gonna be jetting off to England. Yeah, to, I had to, no need to heal. I had no need to question whether I needed to quit my uh, cutting trailers job. I, I, I wasn't the Jasper in anyone's life. You That's know. good. No, this was when the relationship was really kind of like you know the, the the sort of you got got the butterflies in the stomach and you know I, and I felt like uh, this was sort of great age to be in love. I would have been like just out of college basically. Sure. Probably even heading towards knowing that I was going to be proposing at some point soon. Ooh. You know. So anyways, we were just going, yeah, and this was also peak theater, like Friday nights, date, this is what you do, you go see movies, Mm -hmm. right? We had probably gone on a previous date, saw the trailer, and Andrea said, I want to see that movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, but Jack Black's in it, it 
Kate Winslet's in it. I mean, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is still my favorite. Like, if you want to call it romantic movie. Right. Still. Yeah. It's still my favorite. And I went in there thinking I wasn't going to like it that much. And it was just one of those where it's like, I didn't, like, love it. Yeah. But I was like, that was thoroughly entertaining. Yeah, was and it nice made movie. me feel good. And it made both of us, like, like each other more. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like, afterwards, we were just very, like, you know, that was a, that was a nice date. Yeah. We could, you know, because we probably had a good dinner beforehand and everything. And, yeah. you know. So that was just my memory of it. And she really liked it. She ended up like buying it on DVD. I think we watched it uh, together maybe one other time, mm-hmm. um, but that must have been it. And it was, it's been years. I haven't seen this movie since maybe a year or two after it came out. And so Letterboxd rating wise, um, I actually forgot to rate it, but I know that I probably would have put it at like three, three stars. Yeah. So. And we've talked about this. I almost don't want to give it a rating because yeah. <laughs> for a movie like this where it's not fully my thing, like, and it's a, it's a holiday movie, which we've talked about, but also we talked about in the episode of Two Beards, Please. Like, you can't talk people out of favorite holiday movies, right. like that sort of thing. And so putting a rating on it feels odd. Yeah. And I will say for me, and this is before we get into, you know, and I do want to get what your star rating is yeah, for sure. that's fine. I almost am trying to make, get make you it right not now. to tell me. For me, though, like, when I say three stars, that's like, if, if you're going to go off of, like, my memory of that night, that's kind of like a five-star night. You yeah. know, that was like a great night. But, mm-hmm. like, my memory of the movie itself was like, it kind of just met expectations and maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So that's kind of where I had it at. Like, and that's where my three star is coming from is like, it never did become an annual tradition. It never yeah. became something that we watched all the time together or anything like that. It did become, though, a movie that I would often find myself not defending, but just being like, yeah, that movie's actually not that yeah. bad. That's not as bad as everyone thinks it is. I hadn't even thought about what I would have thought about it in 2006, because that was probably my peak snobbery. It was getting there for and me, too. so I probably just was like, well, I'm never seeing that uh, in 2006. <laughs> but when I'm talking about, like, I, I felt like... It probably would be something I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing. That was kind of older, more enlightened, <laughs> for lack of a better word, uh, Ryan. But yeah, I, I was thinking three, three and a half for me too. For this um, time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's my first time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you can't even compare ratings between movies because for a mov- some movies, a three is going to be like, you need to do better. Yeah. And here it's like, you did everything that you set out to you're, do you're saying it's like, very serviceable and you if, know, if somebody had it as five star because it's their favorite like holiday movie that's fine yeah like, i don't care <laughs> for me though i would say on my rewatch because uh, god i didn't know what i was going to think of this movie i didn't know how dated it was going to feel and yeah. if that was going to be a bad thing but i will say watching it again i, I think i would go solidly three and a half sure that's <laughs> which good. doesn't seem like oh, wow which doesn't seem like a lot you generous <laughs> The holiday I, spirit. I will, but I'll say this: I, I, I was expecting to be disappointed, and I just wasn't. I've got a few reasons to even like more adamantly kind of defend it to people. I think. You yeah, know? I can see that. And interestingly enough, certainly with COVID, but also with just the way it is to be parents of young children and have friends and family who are all parents of young children, we don't watch movies with people. Mm. You know, it's yeah. like Kelsey and I watch a movie, but. Long story short, my, my sister-in-law, Kelsey's sister and her, her husband, stayed at our house last night um, because there was a plumbing issue that happened when they got a fence installed and anything. Anyway, <laughs> they stayed at our house. They're in our bubble. They're in our like quarantine sure, COVID yeah. bubble. And so we watched the movie 
all four of us. Hmm. And it's been so long since we've done that with them, let alone with any other people. So it it felt really appropriate for this movie to be coming from the time where we did go see movies with yeah. people or we just watched movies. Like, and I gotta you would say, have friends over and watch a movie and it it was nice. Not a it's, bad choice. It's a great movie it, for it's that. It's not a bad choice at all because first of all, you're all adults. Mm-hmm. It's a good adult holiday movie, yep. I feel like. And, and because partially because I think it even knows its cheesiness a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in sort of a knowing, like, Sharknado kind of way. Right. I just mean it knows what it is. Well, I mean, Kate Winslet and, says, I like corny. Like, yeah. So if you're watching it with people, it's, it somehow pulls off this kind of magical thing where you can like the movie, but you can also kind of make fun of it a little that's bit. That's the thing. That's what we were doing. Like, there were times where we'd be like, wait a minute. Or, yeah, or like how, does, when, how does that when work? Ed, you know? <laughs> when Ed Burns is first shown and he's yeah. wearing a black suit with a black shirt and a black car with his hair slicked back, you know, we were joking about like, oh, he looks like a nice guy. Like, <laughs> you know, it just telegraphs some of that stuff or right. like some of the, some of the plot hole things that aren't aren't like deal breakers for liking the movie but we can all acknowledge that's kind of silly yeah you know it was nice to be able to watch the movie in that environment it felt pretty perfect here's the here's my what i find interesting is that i think this is a movie that we are going to probably talk pretty positively about in this podcast i think even early can we still be friends would not have been nearly as gracious to this movie and why is that like we know what it's doing and i think early us would have even been aggravated by by what it's doing yeah a movie made just to make money during the holidays. <laughs> Screw that. That's not what holiday <laughs> movies are about. <laughs> and this is, you know, there's going to be more to come from us on this. We both feel like we're different movie watchers, even since we started the podcast. And we have been, again, there's more to, more to come, to, more to be said about this. But we feel like even the podcast might be heading in a different direction yeah. as far as what we're doing with our conversations. And so if there are concerns that we're here to take a movie that isn't for us, isn't our thing, and just tear it apart for that reason, we're really trying not to do that anymore. Right, right. And so we really do want to talk about what is it about this movie that connects with people? What is it about this movie that would make it a good holiday movie? I find that doing it this way too, like just, and I'm not talking just about the podcast, I mean just watching everything the way that I watch it now, I just find so many more movies enjoyable. Right. Like, I just like more movies. <laughs> it reminds me, so, uh, you never really watched the TV show Community. There was one episode that really kind of, like, it felt like, ooh, they're talking about me, where this one character, Jeff, who is, like, the cool guy, he's, like, the hipster, and he was kind of taking someone to task for liking, I don't know, a show or a movie or something, and, and uh, the character said, I don't know, I guess I just like liking things. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it is nice to just like things. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here, so here's the thing. So that does not mean, though, that I just like everything. Though. Right. Because I'll tell you what, one of the reasons that made me appreciate this movie a lot was actually watching a few other holiday movies that came out this year that I was extremely disappointed in, you know? I don't mind naming them. Yeah. <laughs> one of them was Happiest Season, which was on Hulu. It was, a, it was sort of like a, one of your... I don't think it was the first, but it was definitely like a mainstream LGBT. The Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart movie? Okay. Um, with Dan Levy's in it as well. I love Dan Levy. I think he's so funny. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I actually like Kristen Stewart too. So mm-hmm. I was definitely like on board for this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just miserable. Really? Just like a miserable movie. Hmm. Obviously, I have in mind a holiday tone that yeah. it did not meet, you know? And I think it, and, and for me, it was a movie that was going for cozy and just. <laughs> It's not very fun to watch at all. All right. Good to and know you can still hate stuff. I can still hate. I, I, mean, I would even say I hate it. And then I also watched even maybe more in this kind of vein, The Holiday Date. 
yeah. on Netflix. And you didn't like that? No, I just... Okay. I, the, to me, the comedy fell very flat. There was a sweetness to this movie that I think I would have been sort of like turned off by um, that just worked for me, even though these the other movies I'm mentioning here are also trying to do a similar thing. And for the record, so is Love Actually. And I still stand by just not liking that movie Yeah, that I agree. Much, you know? So what I'm saying, I guess, is that like I'm not writing off entire types of movies anymore. I'm not going to deny my enjoyment of this, basically. Like, yeah. I'm going to give into it now. I'm with you. That's not saying this movie doesn't have flaws, and that's well, not saying that Cameron Diaz is great in this movie. Uh, <laughs> let's, definitely, let's, let's talk about that stuff, though. Like, yeah. With an affable well, sort of... Like, so just maybe as a g- kind of general question, and having seen Love Actually, even though Love Actually was a British movie, there's sort of like this American vision of English Christmas. Mm-hmm. Cottage, in one word, is basically what yeah, you have here. it is yeah. here. But there's also, I feel like, a very clean English Christmas feel. Does that do it for you more than or less than, like, the John Hughes Midwest Christmas? And mm. that's super unfair because we're both Midwesterners <laughs> who have, like... Well, you know what? One of them is more based in reality for us, and the other one is a total fantasy. Right. So even though the John Hughes thing is nostalgic, and it is fabricated still, it's a fabricated Christmas nostalgia of the Midwest, it's a, it's, it's a nostalgia and a, and a Christmas feeling that is so familiar to me. I guess what I'm getting at is maybe that the British idea you're talking about is when I'm wanting more escapism. Mm. Less Mm. nostalgia, more escapism. Yeah. And I'll probably lean towards nostalgia more often. But this movie not only does the British kind of fantasy, um, it does an L.A. Christmas, which I feel like I've... I can't think of another movie that's done in L.A. Christmas off the top of my head. So I think that's, like, really interesting that they're bringing in, like, because California Christmas is a lot of people's experience. Well, and here's the other thing that I find interesting about the holiday is it really is just the holiday. It's not really a Christmas movie. Right. In fact, it doesn't talk much about Christmas at all. Except, well, Christmas Eve. But it's it just sort of happens it, to be Christmas it just, Eve. He goes, it's Christmas Eve, let's make some Alfredo yeah. and hang out because they're basically like both just sad and yeah. want to be together. And I but don't there's really, as much Hanukkah as there is there Christmas. Is. And there's also like it culminates in New Year's Eve. Yeah. It's just a ho- it's seriously it's a holiday a movie. Holiday movie. Yeah. Like if you just <laughs> want a movie No war on Christmas here. This movie just literally encompasses the holiday. Well it even made me think, I was asking this question to myself, is like, did this movie even need to be a holiday movie? Because it, the premise could easily be yeah. put anywhere. I ultimately do conclude that it does yeah. because it, there's a feeling that it evokes because it is the holiday season yeah. that I think is kind of needed in this movie yeah, to glue well, it together. Yeah. But technically you could make a movie just like this and not have it be a Christmas movie. I agree. And I almost feel like the first draft of the Kate Winslet storyline was a non-holiday movie sure. because it's the, the more, the more important aspect is the Santa Ana wins which I should know this if I'm going to talk about it, but does, is that typically around December? Like, is <laughs> that a holiday that. phenomenon? California listeners call in. Oh, yeah, let us know. <laughs> um, 
and that's one of the, like the possible things that I don't like about this movie is that the two storylines feel pretty disconnected. Yeah, because the England storyline does feel very Christmassy, and the other one feels just not really all right. that Christmassy. Right, um, even to the point where it's like I, I was asking my, my my wife did watch this again with me, and we were kind of like, okay, so Eli Wallach's character Ar- Arthur. Like when is this speech taking place? Why are they having like a yeah. why are they having like a ceremony somewhere in between Christmas and New Year's? Was that like, on Christmas Day? Was it Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was that was interesting too because Cameron Diaz. It's so much about the timeline. I'm only here for this long, yes. and I'm gonna yep. be like Christmas is coming up. Like, are I'm, we gonna I'm, do yeah. whatever? And Kate Winslet, I'm like, how long has she been there? <laughs> it feels like, like what a day month. did yeah. she meet Miles, and what day did he come back, and how like. It felt really unclear. In that way, you know, if you start nitpicking the details of this movie, it does get disjointed and doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense, to be honest. Thematically, though, I'm with it. Because ultimately, this is a story about two women, for very different reasons, needing to find themselves. Right. And two very different types of women. Yeah. Even though they are both, like, successful in what they do, they're not the same. And they're not really even fully stereotypes of a successful woman. So can we talk about all of it together or do we have to break it down into kind of like the Cameron Diaz half of the movie and the Kate Winslet half of the movie? Well, we can, we can do either. I do want to just ask as a general question before we do either is, um, did you have one that you resonated more with? That you oh, liked Kate more? Winslet. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the Jude Law part of the Cameron I was going to say, <laughs> wow, I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't know what that means, but... I, I think one thing it means is that Cameron Diaz was a serious weak link in this movie. <laughs> sure. But I also think that even more than that, I realized how much I missed Jude Law. Like, He's I haven't, great. He is. Movie. And I haven't seen him in much recently. I haven't watched The Young Pope, so I know he did that, but I don't know what else he's been doing. I mean, this was like... Peak. prime yeah. Jude Law time. Like, he was in so much. I mean, I Heart Huckabees was just a year before. Yeah. He was in everything. And, and he looks good. I mean, oh, of course oh my, I, mean, yeah, I mean, of course it's Jude, Jude Law. Law. But I mean, I just mean, like, I just mean, like, this is peak as in, like, I get it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm attracted to this yes. guy, you know? <laughs> like, <It's, laughs> I want yeah. to be him, you know? But I, I, he is, on top of being attractive, he's a really good actor. Yeah. He's funny. And his emotional stuff works. Like, he has uh, chemistry with Cameron Diaz. Doesn't seem like that might be an easy thing to do with it that character. It doesn't seem like it. But yeah, he, uh, and actually, he, he has recently been talking about kind of this time. And it's like, this was right around, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it was right around the time that uh, Chris Rock told a bunch of jokes about him at the Oscars. And he's like, who is Jude Law and why is he in all these movies? So he was just his punchline. Like, hmm. And later in that broadcast, Sean Penn was presenting an award and he said, just by the way, Jude Law is one of the finest actors we have. And then Chris Rock kind of like took a shot back at Sean Penn later in the <laughs> uh, whatever. But just recently, Jude Law has talked about how that really, really sent him kind of into a spiral. Hmm. Like it really deflated him. And so that was just part of like knowing that and seeing him, I was just like, uh, there was nostalgia in this movie for yeah. me, even though I hadn't seen the movie. I, and so it, I definitely have a ton of goodwill for Jude Law. And it was just really great to see him again yeah. doing, doing what he was good at. It's not an easy character, really, because he has to present himself as one thing, then present himself as something completely different and other later on in the movie when there's, you know, the reveal that he's a father. Mm-hmm. 
and a widower, and he can somehow pull it off to where that's still the same character. I had completely forgotten about his little uh, monologue he gives about why he sort of acted like someone different on the weekends right. and, and how he's just trying to figure this out. I have no defense, except that until I get to know someone really well, it's easier for me to be a normal single guy because it's way too complicated to be who I really am. I'm a full-time dad. I'm a working parent. I'm a mother and a father. I'm a guy who reads parenting books and cookbooks before I go to sleep. I spend my weekends buying tutus. I'm learning to sew. I'm Mr. Napkinhead. I'm on some kind of constant overload and it helps to compartmentalize my life just till I figure this out. This past weekend, the children were with their grandparents and when they're gone, I get to be somebody who doesn't have hot chocolate spilled on his jeans. I have no idea how to date and be this. And I suppose there's the possibility, I'm afraid, of what another person might do to who we are and how we get from one day to the next. It was convincing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just very authentic to me. Yeah. It's hard to make that performance seem authentic, I guess. And um, then he does. He does really well. Yeah. Generally, it's not a surprising unveiling of the the character and their 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 relationship um but even so it still is effective and i think largely because of jude law's performance um and i, I yeah i don't want to keep railing on cameron diaz but i don't think it's because of her effectiveness although she does do well there are scenes where i think when she's talking about her parents divorce like she's actually doing well there. my parents broke up when i was 15 I'm an only child, and I, um, I didn't see it coming. You know, we were really close. We, we used to call ourselves the Three Musketeers. And one night after dinner, my parents sat me down and told me that they were breaking up. I thought they were kidding. <laughs> and then I saw a suitcase out of the corner of my eye in the hallway. And my dad moved out that night. I cried myself to sleep for like, well, anyway, a long time. And uh, then I realized that I'd better toughen up and well, I got through it and sort of haven't cried since. I also haven't thought of that packed suitcase maybe ever. And that's my tragic little story. Let's order. But there are times where I'm like, oh man, they didn't want to do another take. Like, give her another <laughs> shot at that. Uh, yeah, I don't. Need, I, I don't need to keep saying bad things about Cameron Diaz. Well, uh, I think both of us are in agreement that to us, it's it seems like kind of a weak point in the movie. Yeah, and and one that I don't. I, I just don't. But she was probably the biggest star at this time when the movie came out. Jack Black was pretty big. They all kind of do their own lifting as far as what the appeal factors were going to be. So, like, Cameron Diaz is going to bring in that mainstream movie-going audience. And that's the performance she gives. Jack Black's going to bring in that that, that guy like me that was like, I don't really want to see this. But I do think Jack Black's real funny. And they all – and the thing is they're all written to that type as well. Yeah. Like, it's not like Jack Black is poorly used or underutilized. He – is that like his character is is good for that? I think Kate Winslet. That could have probably been several other people, but I think Kate Winslet brings it kind of like a realism and a vulnerability mm-hmm. that 
really makes that storyline so compelling. Well, and actually, this is something Nancy, Nancy Myers has talked about uh, in some of her interviews. Um, I can link to this one in the show notes because it's really it's pretty good, actually. But she kind of gives tips for writers and directors. And one of them hmm. is uh, how she casts very much knowing like who she's casting and their reputation and actually playing with it and playing off of it. Like knowing that this is what people will think of Cameron Diaz. This is what people will think of Jack Black. And then always tries to throw in just a little bit of a different dimension to it to make it interesting, you know? And that's been true. In fact, she wasn't really talking about the holiday when she talked about that. She was talking more about like casting Jack Nicholson and something's got to give and like choosing to cast Meryl Streep and it's complicated, you know, like knowing everything that comes with casting this person, you know? Yeah. So to that extent, as much as we would maybe make fun of or rag on a movie that is like this, that is just banking on star power to make money, it takes a special kind of writer and director to be able to make something that isn't just, yeah, you're going to see a Cameron Diaz movie. She's doing stuff and dancing sometimes. Right, right. Like not only that, but like because she's sort of saying, yes, this is Cameron Diaz. And, and, and if you like her, you're going to come see this movie. But like, I'm also going to give you what you like about Cameron yeah, Diaz. Right. Like it'll, it's going to deliver the goods. Yeah. Don't worry. Like yeah. we'll deliver the goods. We're going to have uh, you know Jack Black Scooby to doing his like you know yes. music theme songs. You know, <laughs> a little like, too much. <laughs> a I little mean, grading maybe at this point. You know, yeah. a couple years later. But at the time, the time that was, was kind of peak. That was kind of peak Jack Black doing his thing. You know, yeah. I'm going to test you on this later. Okay, driving this Daisy Hans. Very unexpected. Do you remember how great it was? Is this a bad game? No. Keep going. Sometimes I get self-conscious about my and Are you embarrassed by this game I've started to play? Okay. It's not elaborate. Yeah, I did look to see where this was in Jack Black, and he was uh, he was big at this point in 2006. Yeah, because this would have been done... School of Rock, even or no? Not School quite. of Rock was 2003. Yeah, yeah. So, so School of Rock. I mean, uh, Orange County. Like he had led movies. He yeah. was a movie mm-hmm. star. I mean, Nacho Libre even was 2006 yeah, right, right, at right. the same same year. This was only six years after High Fidelity, um, but he just had a really quick rise. Right, and. Somebody like him could have been lost in this movie or, or could have seemed so out of place, but he, he slots in really well. And it's everything about it. It's, it's, his, char- it's his acting, it's, but it's also his character and the, the kind of like arc well, that he's given. While I like Jack Black's character in this, he's not in this movie as much as I remember. Kate Winslet's story is more about the platonic friendship he, she makes with Arthur. Right. And that's a smart choice for Kate Winslet's character. We're going to focus more on this thing that honestly doesn't need to even be in the movie. And my understanding is that actually that whole subplot, the whole Arthur, Eli Wallach, you know, and and bringing in like the old movies and all that, you know, that's just something Nancy Myers wanted. It's not something the studio wanted. And she's Mm. like, it's going to stay in. And that's a smart choice, I think. It is because Arthur points her to these old movies with these strong women, with Barbara Stanwyck, with, uh, which is really interesting. She talked about watching The Lady Eve, and Kelsey and I just watched The Lady Eve oh, earlier yeah. this week. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's a really great connection. <laughs> like, Barbara Stanwyck is an incredible By the way, this movie, has, this movie has good taste in movies when it's it talking does. about the movies. The first movie she pulls off the shelf in Cameron Punch Diaz's house, Love. Punch Drunk Can you Love. believe it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Arthur 
isn't strong for her. He kind of just points her to things that she hadn't known because of his experience, because mm -hmm. of what he knew of strong women and the gumption that they had. Well, I, I just wanted to get away from the people I see all the time. Well, not all the people. One person. I wanted to get away from one guy. Her ex-boyfriend, who just got engaged and forgot to tell me. Sorry. So he's a schmuck. As a matter of fact, he is a huge schmuck. How did you know? He let you go. This is not a hard one to figure out. Iris, in the movies we have leading ladies and we have the best friend. You, I, I can tell, are a leading lady. But for some reason, you're behaving like the best friend. You're so right. You're supposed to be the leading lady of your own life, for God's sake. It is one of the things that elevates the movie because it actually is thinking about what the, the character needed and what, like would be respectful of her as a woman, as a fully realized, successful woman, that she didn't just need another man to, like... Take the place. Take the of place Jasper. of Jasper. And Cameron Diaz doesn't even... Like, Jude Law doesn't take the place in the same way that you would maybe think. He's fallen in love with her. And, and of course, the movie is also, in its own way, realistic enough to not really give you a much of a coda, other than they just kind of party all Yeah, the they, they've celebrated New Who Year's Who knows Eve what the hell happens after right. that, right? I mean, who's going to quit their job? Who's going to... Movie's not going to go through yeah. that rigmarole, because right. that's, that would ruin the feeling. That would really ruin the coziness. Exactly. Right? But you do get the sense that Cameron Diaz is ultimately, when she is accepting Jude Law, she is accepting that family dynamic, yeah. which is not something she would have ever shown any, even any interest in before, but was actually, strangely, what she kind of needed. Yeah. Because she's used her career and she's used m men to, to isolate to herself. To kind of isolate herself. And yeah, so by the end, it's not just Jude Law that no. she's falling for. She's falling for this idea of connection, connection and actually thinking, you know, maybe I could be a family person someday, even if it's not with Jude Law. Like, that's sort of like you're, you're getting this idea that, like, she has grown as a person, and that's what's important in this movie. And I think part of what was holding her back was that she felt she was so alone in her experience hmm. because her yeah. parents had isolated her, but I don't think that she, you know, whatever. She hadn't reached out to people to know how, how common this experience was. And so when she saw Jude Law, who didn't even bring it up, like right, right. somebody who has experienced it and is in a sense defined by it, but it isn't carrying it the way that she's carrying her parents' divorce, that like there are ways forward through that. And sometimes like Jude Law had no choice but to continue forward because of his daughters and that sort of thing. And then to hear the daughter refer to them as the three musketeers, like maybe a little cheesy, sure, but <laughs> right. like a really good way to show her experience is not one that needs to isolate her on an island. It's actually an experience that can connect her to other people. Mm -hmm. That that pain is something that won't make her unlovable or won't make her weird or, or broken, but it's something that can serve as a stronger connection to someone like Jude Law. And someone like Jude Law can show her, you can fall in love. Yeah, and actually I think that, you know, if her lesson is it's okay to fall in love, what I think is the really interesting kind of yin-yang aspect of this whole movie is that, both Kate Winslet's and, and Jack Black's lesson is after being in love, 
this is what it looks like to move on. Mm -hmm. I really love the scene where she gives him advice about heartbreak. And after all that, however long all that may be, you'll go somewhere new. And you'll meet people who make you feel worthwhile again. And little pieces of your soul will finally come back. And all that fuzzy stuff. Those years of your life that you wasted. That will eventually begin to fade. She's kind of needing to give the advice to herself, actually. Yeah, but she's almost, it's almost like she's realizing it as she's saying it, you know. Right. And Kate Winslet is an actress who can pull that off. Well, and another thing about her character that's really great and isn't, uh, you know, trite and is respectable to who she is as a woman um, is that her tendency, her gift in helping people, her gift in being a support for people doesn't need to go away. Like, Jasper abused it. He right, called right. her. He called her my little survival kit. Like, <laughs> right? How demeaning! <laughs> like, but that part of her is good, and there are people who can benefit from that and give back to you. And so Arthur, in a non-romantic way, is somebody who needs her help, and she she wants to give it, and she becomes more of herself by helping. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but only because Arthur sees her for who she is he's doing the work of himself on himself too whereas jasper is just like taking a total advantage of it and relying on it and using her as a booty call when he wanted it and an editor by the way yeah basically trying to even exploit her labor you know right yeah yeah <laughs> it's not saying you need to change how you're acting to be a leading lady it's saying the best friend should be able to be a leading lady like you should yeah. be somebody who can who gives of yourself and is is uh, deserving of the happiness that the leading lady gets. Like she doesn't have to become, for instance, more like Cameron Diaz's character. Right. You know? And Cameron Diaz doesn't have to become anything different really either. Right. Like who they are was there all along. And to an extent, they need a man to bring that out of them, which... Well, that's the dynamics of a rom-com. Rom -rom right? comedy, right? <laughs> like that's why this is this movie. Um, and we could... Somebody could, you know, pull that apart a little bit. But for this movie and for what it's doing and what it is... It's using the tools of a romantic comedy mm -hmm. to greater effect of it, yeah. right, um, than, than some of the other, other romantic comedies do. Well, this movie, I think in general, it's got an attention to detail that you wouldn't normally associate with this kind of movie. We, yeah. we think of attention to detail. I'm usually thinking of like Wes Anderson. Hyper control. Yes. Yeah. Nancy Myers, she has a look. She has a thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, even, even the advertising of her stuff. Oh, my God. You know what's funny to me? You take the cover of the box. You can IMDb it. I know. It's the it's exact same in all it's, her movies. It, it's, the, it's, it's complicated. The, it's the serif font. Yep. White background, bar in the middle, serif font title. Pictures above and pictures below. Pictures above and below. Parent Trap is just like this as well. Yep. I mean, she. They're all know, like that. Something's got to give. I mean, it's, it's a brand. Sure. Pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. But beyond that, and this has actually become a thing as well, her like interior designs of the homes that she shoots, they get picked apart. Uh, usually unfairly by men, to be honest. Hmm. But it's kind of a thing. Like, I, I was reading about this. Like, I guess there's just tons of Pinterest boards of people who just want Nancy Myers kitchens. With the holiday, Cameron Diaz's house, you, you can picture it right away. Right. And, and same with the cottage of Kate Winslet's. Yeah, but not in a way that, like, Ridley Scott does it. Like, it's very different. And yeah. 
I, like you said, it gets picked apart, and it certainly isn't as celebrated. Usually, usually men are criticizing it in a way that's like it's uh, it's unrealistically clean, like movie, like it's too. Um, gritty. too glossy and her point to this because it's been brought up many times actually and her point to this is like you know you watch any even like judd apatow movie or anything like that all those sort of upper to middle class people have very nice kitchens yeah they only seem to care about it when it's a nancy myers movie yeah i mean you don't have to dig too deep to figure out why that would be <laughs> right but yeah so what then would keep this movie from higher than a three and a half or a three I, I mean, I, I would honestly say I might. Is it the I'm, kitchen? <laughs> it's just not too my clean. style. It's not my style. It's too clean. Yeah. Well, I can't, I can't deny that there are some cringy yeah. parts in this movie. Yeah. That there just are. It is cheesy. It's a cheesy movie. Yeah. Like when Cameron Diaz runs back to the house, she stops at every gate <laughs> and then like gathers herself <laughs> right. and smiles and goes through the gate. There's three gates, three <laughs> gates that she goes through and she does the same thing at all of them. It's also just long. Yeah, it's it is two a long hours movie. and fifteen minutes. That doesn't have to be that long. I, I I don't know what you'd cut because I think honestly, like a lot of people would have probably said, "Well, just cut the Arthur storyline," but you can't do that. I no, don't. No, not at all. You know, uh, you could have Cameron Diaz run less. You could also probably get rid of her dancing to Mr. Brightside. Probably that was a little cringy. Yep, definitely. And that maybe that's just a guy yeah, thing. Yeah, that could be maybe a guy it's thing. Just not but like the sort of like geeking out over the house and stuff when they got there. It, I'm I'm willing to say that's a guy thing, but honestly, like oh, I didn't, that, I didn't hate that. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay, and it's a Nate thing, I if, guess. If Cameron Diaz were doing it, I probably would have been like, ugh. <laughs> but it's Kate Winslet. I'm like, yeah, I believe this. I also just didn't like. Um, I like Jack Black's character in this. I thought like his scenes where he just lingers on the fact that he kissed her twice, and mm-hmm. then also lingers on how he like touched her boob and stuff. And I'm just like, is that your? thing is that how you charm people in this movie like so that's yeah that was like i think that's innocent i don't think it's like he's meaning to like use it as like a a a tactic no but like it's just something that i was kind of like couldn't they think of a better way for jack black to be charming than to do this so i said i immediately said like the unsolicited kiss that stuff like is gross now like maybe that was charming then but it's gross now and i was like wait a minute i'm watching this movie with my wife and her sister, like, I could ask two women, like, is it? And they both were like, eh, no, I mean, not so bad. Like, yeah, Kate Winslet clearly was fine with him kissing her. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And let's be honest, I, I have to watch it again, but Hans Zimmer probably saved it. Probably great score, yeah. <laughs> really good moment. Probably like a, a triangle And, hit. you know, call me old-fashioned, I guess, but <laughs> I guess I was just sort of, like, turned off by the whole, like, foreplay is overrated and kind of like the, you know, like... yeah. I hated that scene. I hated that, that, yeah, that whole scene. Like, when he, like, grabs her face and kisses her the way he does when she closes her eyes, yeah. I'm like, this is... I, there's I, something I, like, uncomfortable I, like, about like, it. like, rising there is. in my seat, yeah. like, oh, gosh, like, pushing, pushing into the back of the couch. I think it's just genuinely, like, executed weirdly. You're either supposed to be, like, charmed by it or turned on by it, right. one or the other. Yeah. I'm not I getting either. either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. There's just stuff along the way that we could be picking apart, but it would be nitpicky. And right. I, it doesn't ruin the movie for me, but it keeps it from being anything more than it is. Right. That being said, we probably shouldn't just ignore the fact that we have done back-to-back movies directed by women that we didn't have much bad to say about and 
wouldn't rate higher than three and a half stars. Well, I was going to say that I was I was willing to go to four on this one. I think interesting. I, I do think we're kind of jumping the gun there a little bit, wow. but we'll get into that later. You mm-hmm. know, when we get to that point, because sure. I can talk about a little bit more why. But sure. um, well, before we do that, do we want to do our um, r- most random? Uh, IMDb, sure. Yeah. 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 IMDb yeah, trivia. Our least relevant. Least relevant. <laughs> least relevant IMDb trivia. This is a good bit. I like this bit. Yeah, we did it once or twice before. Yeah. We kind of lost it. We, we get into the flow and we forget about these things, but we wanted to bring it back. Most irrelevant IMDb trivia for the holiday. What did you find? Mine, mine is, this movie was mentioned specifically in emails between South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford. <laughs> San, I can't even get this out. Yeah. Uh, this movie was mentioned specifically in emails between South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford and his mistress as very close to their situation. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Now, that, what's funny is how I vaguely remember that scandal. I honestly don't remember anything of it. I, I wait, think wait, that was, that, was, was that recent? When was that? I don't think so. Okay. I think, if I remember correctly, there was one scandal where um, instead of emailing each other, they, were, they used the same, same, same Gmail account and would just write drafts to each other. Oh. So that it never got sent. Okay. Yeah. And I feel, I, I don't know if it was that one, but I, yeah. I, that could be that one. Um, yeah. But yeah. I wonder if they, you know, master of awesome at gmail.com. I wonder, that? yeah, that must have, it couldn't have been. <laughs> no, that's me, that's me, awesome. yeah. It's funny looking at these, um, a lot of the trivia are just facts about the movie, <laughs> about the plot. Like Iris and Amanda did not meet until the end of the movie is like. Well, that doesn't count. You got, it's just, we got to do real like trivia here. Right. right? And like, I'm, I'm saying that's like, it's just, there's weird stuff that people choose to put, like the film includes a fake trailer fake in, in quotation or in parentheses trailer for a movie starring James Franco and Lindsay Lohan. It's we, just like, okay, yeah. that's the plot of the movie. So the one that I found to be irrelevant, um, just because why did they choose to single this one out? <laughs> but they said one of the books featured in Graham's Jude Law's library in his home is John Irving's the hotel, New Hampshire, 1984. <laughs> there are literally hundreds of books on his shelf. There are. And they just Oh, Hey, I recognize that one. <laughs> that's the one. That's a good piece of trivia. <laughs> Thank you. You know who needs to know about this. And that one got 29 out of 61 people found that interesting. I think when you've got trivia that's less than <laughs> half of the people find it interesting, that's uh, it's telling you a little something. But. You know, there's a share this button next to each of them. We should, uh, we, should, we should share this to our Facebook accounts every time we do this. That's true. Just randomly. No, yeah. no context at all. Yeah. He ran for president, Mark Sanford, what? in 2020. This is getting more and more relevant. I guess. Oh, no. Sanford was the guy who kept telling people he was hiking the Appalachian Trail, but he was actually visiting his mistress in Argentina. And so he was using state money. That was the guy. Gotcha. And I guess because they were like, because he was traveling, it's like the plot I guess. of the holiday. Well, there it is. Why don't we wrap that up? That's yeah. the uh, that's our most irrelevant piece of IMDb trivia for the yeah. holiday. And, but not, uh, sh- not the least interesting follow up <laughs> research. There's some <laughs> there's some good stuff interesting there. stuff there. And the fact that he ran for president in 2020. Well, I look forward to the holiday two, the Governor Mark Sanford story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, all right. Let's talk about uh, so, some star ratings here. Yeah. So. so you said you would go, you would bump it up to four. I, I think I will, and I see no reason not to myself. Well, I mean, the reason I would is oh, uh, you have reasons. 
Well, the, I mean, I think the reason I would is because we've already talked about how it, it, it is, it's a good romantic comedy, I would say. Yep. First of all, that's my first point. My second point is I had a really good memory of my first time watching this. Yeah. And, and also the fact that I hadn't seen it for so long and it didn't disappoint like yeah. as much as I thought it maybe would have. Yeah. So those three factors, you know, the sustainability of it, the overall quality of it for what it is as a genre pick and my fondness for the first time I saw it with my wife yeah. is uh, enough for me definitely to bump it up to four easily. So I'm, I'm going to do that. I can see that. I'm going to bump it up to four just because I even had fun with the things that you are saw wrong it with, with this group. movie. Right. And it was like, fun. I had, we had, we were joking about it. We could all say like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, but also be like, well, this is really How did funny. we not even mention Jude Law saying, yes, I am daddy? on it <laughs> on this episode well we have now but yeah that is uh that's one of those just like you gotta laugh at it yeah and it makes like, it so that's charming just sort that's of like so good silliness <laughs> but uh yeah yeah so i mean obviously we're best buds I, it's uh it's been a long time since we haven't been best buds on a holiday episode yeah, yeah well I don't know, true think about that it is a happy holidays because we had a happy time watching the holiday yeah Oh, that's why they say that. Yeah. That's where it came came from. Okay. The general happiness people got watching the holiday. Watching the holiday. Ever happy since holidays. then. Ever since then. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. That's really when they killed Christmas. So that was the closing? Like that was the last, the yeah, last you think attack about it, in the war on Christmas? That wasn't the opening salvo? That's probably around when Starbucks started doing its cup thing with the yeah. holidays. And, and um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's all kind of wrapped into that. Okay. So happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays. <laughs> all right. Well... Why don't we uh, then, uh, since, since, since we're wrapping up a good holiday here, why don't we uh, talk about uh, what we're going to do as we're ushering in 2021. 2021. So in the new year, in January, we're going to be switching stuff up a little bit. Um, like I, I kind of alluded to earlier in the episode, if it stayed in, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're rethinking some stuff and just trying some stuff out. So This um, is not normal for us, by the way. No, we're very much creatures of habit. Our, our, our podcast really has not changed much at all, except for its central premise has morphed a bit. Yeah. But the structure of the podcast has yeah. really not changed. Right. And so we're going we're gonna to do something a little bit different. By In January, we're not going to focus on necessarily a single movie, but we are going to be talking about what movies uh, we watched in 2020. And we haven't seen everything. It's been a weird year for movies. Yeah, it has. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, um, what is everything even? Yeah. And uh, that's, it, that was a that, philosophical that's a question. Great question. What is everything? <laughs> what is everything? <laughs> oh man. And we're, we're going to touch and on we're going to talk about that. that. <laughs> what is everything even? <laughs> so, we're going to be ramping up our our 2020 movie watching. Right. Hopefully, we're going to take yes. some time to just watch some of the movies that came out this year. In some ways, it's easier because things are streaming more than they were in theaters yep. and stuff like that. Uh, but in some ways, it's harder because I don't even remember when movies come out. Like movies don't come out now. It no, it's feel weird. Like. I feel like we have to do we have to do research to even figure out what we need what, to watch. Yes. So we will do that, and we're going to keep it secret from you guys. Right. What we feel like our top movie of 2020 is. Um, we're going to share with each other because we're each going to watch. Yeah, make sure we catch each other's it. Yeah, 2020 so we movies. Can talk about it. Um, but we'll also be talking about what movies we watched that were new to us that didn't come mm-hmm. out in 2020, but were movies that we watched for the first time. Well, and here's the thing: is that contrary to popular belief, we're not like professional critics so right. we don't get the screeners we don't get you know not i don't even do people even do screeners in 2020 
I yeah, mean, they it, do. Okay. Um, it's like a link and you get a specific login for yourself. But like, I can already tell you there's movies that are going to be on some of the critics lists that maybe we will or will not have seen, you know, yeah. and, and also that those episodes, those podcasts, those, those lists, those articles will have already been probably published. Yeah, by the they're time, already coming out. By the time we do our episode. Yeah. So we're not necessarily saying this is like, you know, catch our episode to figure out what you need to watch in 2020 because there's a good well, chance you've already maybe done that. Yeah. I think what our purpose in this is going to be is, you know, I- I'm curious what your favorite's going to be, Ryan, and I'm hoping you're curious about mine. And, I am mildly. And, and so yeah. it is going to be kind of a deeper conversation probably about like, well, essentially like two movies. Yeah. With sort of a broader conversation also of the year and what we saw. Right. You know. Yeah. And we did a little bit of this with our quarantine check-in where yeah, we talked about yeah. what we've been watching, but it's going to be a little bit more focused than that. Hopefully we can still kind of talk deeply about the movies. And yeah. It's not just going to yeah. be talking about a few movies very shallowly, but it'll be fun to kind of pick the movie for each other, too. Are you nervous? No. Are you? <laughs> I feel like I should be. Why? Because we're changing things up. We oh, don't do that. you're nervous you know. about that. I thought you was I nervous about like you, like my, my movie's gonna be yeah. or that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, we could have like a classic. Can we still be friends? Fight if I love a movie that you really don't like. I don't know? think we would do that at this point. No, maybe. maybe anyway. Not. Anyway, maybe that's what people are, are looking for, but uh, probably. Well, if probably you are, then happen. we could always fight with you, the listener. Sure. So yeah. you know, send us your feedback. Send us your feedback, and uh, we'll, we'll take you down. We'll try to find something to nitpick about. And yeah. But if you also want to hear the fights, we got we got old episodes that you can go listen to. <laughs> sure. Dig through those that's archives. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where can um, they dig through those archives? Oh well, uh, can we still be friends? Of is, course. Uh, yeah. The name of our website where we've posted those those archives. Yeah. What are some of the fights we had? I mean, the Christmas story. Christmas mm-hmm. story was a bad mm-hmm. fight. Uh, Scott Pilgrim was a disagreement yeah. that ended on a disagreement. I think um, still probably the Incredibles a little bit. Maybe probably. the Avengers. The Avengers for a sure. Bit. Yeah. yeah. Sandlot, maybe, or were you kind yeah. of Sandlot? Yeah, Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Braveheart was another one, for sure. Oh gosh, yeah, Braveheart was one. Gladiator, even. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, we've got our website. Can we still be friends? That net with our 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 icon art with our art. Our is art word? is on our, there. Our icon our, is on there as well. Archive, yeah. Our our art archives. icon and archives are all. <laughs> Jeez. And we're still on Facebook.com. Can we still be friends? Podcast, right? And we're on. Uh, Facebook.com subsidiary Instagram. Yes. Thank you for mentioning it appropriately. I never hear people mention it that way. It bugs me. It really does. It bugs Mark, too. I know it does. We talked about this with Mark. Yeah. It's mainly why he texts the group chat in the middle of the night. Like, do people even know I, I do own Instagram? Right. I, and we say that's I why they and we said like said, you I should don't... put it on Instagram and so now when you open Instagram it says like a Facebook yeah so you can thank us for that you can thank us for that if you want people to know then you have to yeah. tell them you can't just assume right. everybody reads the business news and knows that you bought Instagram he was hoping the senators would bring it up when they were questioning him and they never did yeah well because they were too busy saying with, to their mistresses yeah that we should, that the relationship this, this was is too so much, much like the holiday. holiday yeah like I am so Jude Law <laughs> Anyway, so we're on Instagram, face, uh, the the Facebook subsidiary Instagram. Yes, uh, uh, but that's at Can We Still Be Friends pod. pod. You can also email us feedback at Can We Still Be Friends net, and you can attach a voice n- memo mm-hmm. to that. Or if you would prefer to uh, to call with your phone and leave a voicemail, you can do that at our phone number, which Nate knows. I I do. 
I've, these last few episodes, I have not You've had to look it, it up. 847-306-9532. Yeah. I don't remember that. And you won't. I won't. Because you're because enabling I, me. Okay, then fine. Next no. episode. No. Pop quiz, hotshot. What's no. the number? I don't want to. I'm not bragging. That You say pop quiz, hotshot when somebody's bragging about something. I'm telling you, I well, don't you, want to memorize Well, it sounds number. to me like you're bragging about being ignorant of it. Well, like I don't why want would to you learn ask this. Me to I'm prove... so happy I don't know this number. Yeah, but Pop Quiz Hotshot is supposed to deflate what they're bragging about. That Fine. would just inflate what I'm Pop bragging quiz, about. Pop Quiz Hotshot, what's not our number? 847302. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I guess you know your stuff. 32. I guess you know your stuff. I, I, I guess you not know your stuff. Thank you. Now you're going to confuse the listener. I'm going to go over one side. Yeah. 847-306-9532. That's the real okay. number. I was close, though. Get, you were. Confusingly <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. All right. Give us a call, and we hope you do have a very happy, merry last third of your holiday season. Yeah. Some call it Christmas. Some call it, you know, Hanukkah. Some call it the New, holiday. New Year's. Some yeah. call it New Year's. Yeah. We call it appropriately the last third the last of the holiday third of the season. holiday season so we hope it's happy we hope it's merry and uh we look forward to the new year new possibilities new possi- yes oh boy but definitely thank you for listening we appreciate all of you yes and uh have a happy holiday yep we'll see you next year Thanks for sticking around, everyone. Um, We got some really good feedback from our last episode, A League of Their Own, episode 87. If you haven't checked it out, go listen to it. It's a great T. Hanksgiving, A League of Their Own episode. Mm -hmm. And um, we just kind of want to share some of that feedback and also give our little responses to it. And, um, you know, we've already talked about uh, previously all the ways you can connect with us uh, if you've got any thoughts on today's episode or future episodes. Mm -hmm. So our first one comes from our listener, Dan. Uh, just a lot of thoughts on the movie itself and our episode. So he had a few issues with A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read this. It's a bit long, but it's good. So, so my main issues are with the predictability of the plot, and the movie doesn't seem to know what it is. Hank's turn and the younger sister overcoming in the end was wildly predictable. Davis and Hanks were fantastic in the movie, a little overacting at times from most actors. I remember the early 90s pretty well, and I can understand the humor of the movie, but it was clearly pushing feminist ideas, and I'm very supportive of that. But its treatment of women was so poor at times. Hanks kissing that lady who woke him up on the bus, and then Hanks gags as if he kissed a toad. The one girl who can hit both left and right-handed and love its character, and many others, poke fun at her looks. Maybe it's nitpicking, and Marshall was using it as a point that men focus on looks too much and keeping women feminine and not overly masculine. But it seemed to go a little too far. To be fair, though, it was par for the course for the 90s. Just seems ass-backwards for a movie showing women strength. I think about a movie like Network and how powerful women seem in that movie. Dunaway and Shoemaker's wife, for instance. I did like your guy's take. Hanks didn't become a completely different person. He was still an asshole, but seemed to buy in on the team. That part I liked. (laughs) I'm glad he didn't end up with Dottie. That would have been dumb. However, it seems he had a thing for her. I liked that Dottie wanting to go back home with her husband wasn't some anti-feminist bullshit about a wife submitting to her husband now that he's back. She seemed to genuinely want to just be with him and start having kids. End of thoughts. Lots there. Yeah. 
And actually, some of that is stuff that I think we we, we sort of touched on, but it ended up on Maybe the cutting room cut floor, it, yeah. and that and that happens sometimes. Because honestly, sometimes we just cut stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we said something about it, but it just wasn't that interesting what we said, and yeah. so we cut it for the sake of brevity, really. Yeah, yeah. No, those were those were good thoughts. I think maybe part of it too is that we we are still wondering what it is like for men to criticize a movie by a woman about women. Like yeah, we said yeah. earlier, I think in this episode. Um, and so we did notice that there was like kind of making fun of a woman for her looks. And I think Dan's like, right there were or th- those sorts of things do smack of the nineties sort of. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and we did actually, I think even mention the, the part about how he pushes uh, the woman off after maybe if we didn't, here's the thing I'll say I had to put that clip in and I cut it before that even happened. Cause I thought it was kind of gross. Yeah. But we do appreciate the listening and the kind words. And um, Dan, just keep on keep on yeah. providing that stuff. Yeah. Our other uh, listener, uh, we had a voice message from Andrew, who also had some critiques of our episode. And, uh, of us, specifically. <laughs> yes. And so why don't we go ahead and just play that for you. Greetings, Nate and Ryan. It's Andrew. And so here is a set of thoughts after the excellent episode on A League of Their Own. One I feel that y'all should be remiss, even though it was the T. Hanks giving episode, to not even really mention Lori Petty. Uh, Her role as Kit was pretty stinking good. And uh, her interaction with Gina Davis really made that sibling rivalry completely believable. It was really good. Anyway, may uh, may have gotten cut. I thought there would have been at least a little love for Lori Petty in that role of Kit. Secondly, um, I would not say, like y'all did, that this role would be something else that you would want to save for somebody as they were being introduced to all the wonderful Tom Hanks movies. I would put this up there in the top three. Um, you talked about not getting enough Hanks in the movie. I think the amount of Hanks that we got was, you know, it was turned up to 11. It was uh, through a fire hose. It was an incredible performance uh, from start to finish. Him as Jimmy Dugan is probably one of the reasons that I love Tom Hanks as much as I do. And even if he isn't in the lead role, uh, his character work here is incredible. Um, but I would say this should get mentioned much earlier in the conversation of iconic, wonderful Tom Hanks performances. Lastly, I think I'm surprised you both landed at three and a half for all the wonderful things that you said about the movie. You kept saying Penny Marshall did great. Tom Hanks did great. Gina Davis did great. The writing was great. The directing was great. The script was great. Uh, but it's just a by-the-numbers feel-good story. In a way, what else did you want it to do? I would have at least thought you guys had talked yourself into four, a four-star rating, uh, just because of how many things it does bring to the table. Yeah, there's a few things that makes it feel like it's really a 90s movie, but you can't hold that against every single movie made in the 90s. I thought it was a great movie, so I would have put it rated much higher uh, at a solid four. Anyway, you guys are awesome. I miss you both. Look forward to talking to you soon. Godspeed. So, Ryan, what, what are your thoughts on that? That's uh, fair. I, I think, think it's fair. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, that was one of the reasons why I said, like, okay, we've talked a lot about with uh, the holiday. 
we talked a lot of stuff we like about this movie. Why aren't we giving it higher stars? I, that was because Andrew brought that to our attention. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna like, what if don't gonna you like say, about if it? If you're gonna say um, that you like everything about it and then only give it three and a half stars, you better have some things you don't like about it. Yeah, and I wonder if his feelings uh, about the Tom Hanks performance being like a top three. Uh, I wonder if that's because he saw it earlier. Yeah. For me. I hadn't seen it until just now. So I did have a lot of Tom Hanks, and I, I don't see, for me, it wasn't so foundational. Um, but he's right. that It is a great performance. It is an iconic performance. Mm-hmm. and uh, we It was Hanks making. And was it a little sacrilegious in T. Hanks giving to to undermine it as much as I did. Well, this is what happens when you've uh, when you're when you're pinned to the wall and you've got to you've got to make decisions. Yep. What, what what's going to be your Hanks canon? Yeah, that's true. And so AJ's can't is, all be. AJ's is different. Yeah. Yeah. I think even for be. me too. And I will say um, he, he makes a good point about how we it was a huge omission to not talk about Lori Petty at all. Yes. I mean, she's one of the main characters in the movie. Very big part, yeah. Very big part, actually part of the central conflict of the movie. Yeah. I will say I just was not a fan of, of Lori Petty in that yeah. movie, and we cut it because it just seemed kind of mean for me to say I didn't like Lori Petty's performance, and I didn't add to it much. Yeah. And so we kind of just cut that. But but we also didn't do a lot talking about the importance of her character. Right. And uh, we gave Gina Davis all of our praise. And, uh, yeah, we didn't, we, didn't, uh, we didn't give Lori Petty her due. So next time we talk about Lori Petty, when we do Free Willy, maybe, yeah. uh, we will definitely give Lori Petty be all the Lori praise Petty. That, is, that is due. And people are going to say, what about Michael Madsen? <laughs> or Kiko? Wasn't that the name of the... Yeah. What about Kiko? We're going to talk about Free Willy and never mention the whale. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to doing that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, I just want to thank everyone who uh, ever provides their feedback for us. And uh, we hope to keep doing this, I think, at the end of our episodes mm-hmm. is just kind of talk a little bit more about what you guys are thinking about our episodes mm-hmm. and, and, and the movies. So, uh, again, yeah. thanks for keep listening. Keep coming. <laughs>